0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time to have some more recommendations on books to read, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Paul Hard, who is the father of Rosso O'Carroll <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> the creator, the, the, begetter, it, yeah. the begetter, the uh, begetter. Paul, good morning and good welcome. Morning, Thank you. Um, the latest book, Camino Royale, It's
1: going well. well it's it is and and I never take that for granted. it's the it's the twenty third novel in the series. Um, so so I am aware that I've been doing this for a long, long time. So I never ever take it for granted that a book that I write is going to sell. but i'm I'm grateful that. Yeah. First two weeks, it was num- it was number one in Ireland. If I was
0: writing a blurb about you, you know, I'd say Paul Howard, uh, expert at capturing
1: the zeitgeist of Dublin Four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that is true. I mean, I spent so many years uh, con- unconsciously and then consciously um, studying it. You know, when I was covering schools rugby, and I'd be standing in these pitches in 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 Scaries, standing on the on the sideline, listening to Uh, These South Dublin moms and dads, you know, the moms who'd be wearing like, you know, seal fur coats and the dads on the the original Nokia, which was like a big building brick, um, uh, doing business on the sideline. And I suppose I was kind of consciously and unconsciously taking that information in and I I knew that one day I'd I'd use it somehow. Yeah.
0: You also talk about the fact that um, this cohort of people don't have an embarrassment
1: gene. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, the, the I used to I got some great advice from Maeve Binchy when I was about fifteen, and she told me um, if you want to be a good writer, you have to be a good listener. So go along and listen to people's conversations. But I, I think the difference between me and Maeve was Maeve had to actually. Strained to listen. I never did because I was researching in an era when uh, you're dealing with with people from South Dublin who, like you said, have no, no embarrassment gene, but also no sense of kind of volume or <laughs> embarrassment. Or <laughs> so <laughs> the people I was writing about, the material kind of came to me.
0: Yeah, it kind of. Fell on I, my I'm map. wondering when people move to the area mm. and their children go to
1: to Rock or Michaels. Yeah. Y- you know, do they transform? Um, I think so. I, I, the only I suppose the only evidence I have for this is people from outside of Dublin who've moved to Dublin for work reasons and been doing well professionally and are sending their kids to Blackrock. And I I had a friend and and her son, uh, she's from a GA background, but her son just happened to be really, really good at rugby. And it was a surprise to everybody in the family. But she was suddenly sucked into this world of the senior cup moms. And it wasn't a world she was used to, but she was suddenly going for lunches and dinners and having to buy outfits, two outfits a week to go to all these social events. So it was completely transforming for her. So this thing of epigenetics where, you know, life
0: works on your genes. Yeah. So that, it, you know, you move into the area yeah. and you become, your genes some, somehow change.
1: Yeah. But in her case, she was an outlier, I suppose, a genetic <laughs> outlier. She wasn't ready for this at all. Now, I know you like to research in so many ways. So how was your trip to the Camino? I didn't do it. Um, what? I, no, I didn't. And and usually I would. I've like I've taken Ross outside of Ireland a few times in books. And um, I've always sort of done it myself. But in this case, um, I had some friends who did the Camino. I rang one of them and I said, um, uh, I'm writing the next book. Ross is going to walk the Camino with the guys from the Leinster School Senior Cup winning team in 1999. Uh, What can you tell me? And he said to me, well, you read my blog, didn't you? And I went, "Uh, no. (laughs) All my friends, you know, anyone who travelled, anyone whose friends who travelled to, you know, Southeast Asia or Australia and wrote a blog, I can tell you now, Nobody read your blog, mm. so I had to go back and read his blog, and there was so much information in that. And then some other friends of mine uh, walked it as well. So between them, I managed to cobble together Conjure just, up. Yeah, ju- I mean, just the the, the practicalities of place to place and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. All right, now um, you did not therefore do the Camino, but you
1: have plans to travel. I'm uh, yeah, I'm doing um, the Falkland Islands next year. Um, on Las my Malvinas own, on my own. Yeah. I'm, I was 11 when the Falklands War happened and at home we used to get the tabloid papers and there would just be, you know, Harrier jump jets and everything. And I was just obsessed with it. And I've read probably 30 or 40 books about the Falklands War. Yeah. It's just such a pointless war over, um, you know, I think the famous quote was two bald men fighting over a comb. Um, and, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the place. And I have a book of maps, uh, battle maps, um, of all the all the okay. the, the main battles, because it I mean tiny, everything. yeah, tiny. And I these mean, battles, which were skirmishes, I suppose, more yeah. except for the sinking of the Belgrano, which was yeah, the Belgrano, and there were two two British ships sunk as well. Um, uh, but but mostly it was Argentine conscripts fighting against experienced yeah. experienced uh, British paratroopers. Um, but so uh, is it about? Oil, natural resources. Is it all about that or is it about... I think at that time it was about, you know, Galtieri was a very unpopular leader in Argentina. Margaret Thatcher was a very uh, unpopular leader in Britain. And it was almost... I mean, they'd been talking about seven or eight years earlier at, at the UN over who's going to take the Falklands. Neither of them wanted it. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just a case of, um, you know, they both needed the boost, uh at the popularity boost at home, and it was kind of too difficult not to have a war over it. I mean, Galtieri invaded, um, you know, just to bring Argentina together. What was going to unite everybody better than a war? And for for Margaret Thatcher, it was she, she just couldn't. An incredible uh, the supply lines thing. to the, the South Atlantic. I mean, just yeah. so long. I mean, I've read some accounts by, by soldiers um, who fought in the war, and, you know, when, when they heard Argentina had invaded the Falklands, their first reaction was how did they get up to Scotland without, <laughs> without anybody noticing? Nobody knew where it was. Um, and that, and it was news to them that they, they still had this kind of outpost of empire in the South Atlantic. Yeah. Um, so it was a last imperial gasp in a way as well. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So yeah. you'll
0: have to come back to us when you have visited the Falklands and on your return I'd love to talk it, yeah. to you about it in, in more detail. Now you want to recommend uh, three books so many
1: books you could recommend so what have yeah. you selected? Well these are these are my three kind of lifetime recommendations. Okay. So the first one is Train Spotting. We've um, all seen the movie By How Earthen many people have Welsh. read the book? Yeah I mean I saw I, I read the book probably three or four years before um, I saw the movie. Um, people talk about you know, my dad's generation would talk about rock around the clock and Heartbreak Hotel, and these this music that changed their lives forever. Trainspotting was like that for me. That was my moment where I went, "Wow, this is this and is something w- I've never seen." before. What was it? Was was it getting into
0: their world? Was it the nature of the writing? I think
1: yeah, it was it was both of those things. But I think when I was at school, um, we the novels we did at school left me cold. So for the for the leaving cert or the intercert. I think we did Persuasion by Jane Austen. Um, and to, that put me off reading novels for years afterwards mm-hmm. because to me, the novel was a, a sort of bourgeois kind of thing. I never, ever read a book before that spoke about something that was similar to my experience, which was growing up as a working class uh, man um, on a council estate. And that's what Trainspotting is about. It's about a bunch of what Irvin Welsh calls schemies because they live on a council scheme in Edinburgh. Um, and they're working class. Um, they, you know, they're they're nutcases. Some of them. They're alcoholics. They're they're drug addicts. Um, there's a there's a psychopath called Francis Begbie in there who is just the most terrifying human being I've ever ever committed to a page. I think you know. I used to read. I'd read those scenes with Begbie in them, and my heart would be pounding when he walked into the room. And I'd never read anything like this before. It was so powerful. It's written in. Um, it, 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 he uses phonetics a lot, yeah. so uh, so you can hear the voice. I "Can he do it?" is yeah. spelled "Can he do it?" instead of "I can't do it." Um, and and I, you know, I'd never even thought that somebody could could write in in Scottish phonetics. Um, and, and you do it now with, uh, and with Russell Crowe, because all of the books I picked actually uh, have had some influence on on my own writing. Yeah. Um, um, again, uh, transporting the movie came out. People
0: figuring, how do you do a movie of that book? But they did, and they did it yeah. well. And then, of course, there was a sanitized version of uh, television, The Young Ones. Do you remember that series, The Young Ones? The I Young Ones, <laughs> <was>
1: terrific, <laughs> yeah. terrific. But it funny. was, I think, it was just the vern- vernacular, and that was the thing about The Young Ones as well. They they talked on television the way nobody else spoke on television yeah. and when you watched it you you had this kind of sense that nobody has this just nobody has shouted stop yet and soon the adults will come into the room and say end this now. Now, the, the next character um, rather than writer you've picked is y- y-
0: people might know the character by name but they mightn't remember who the author was and we're talking about Flashman oh, by yeah. George MacDonald Fraser.
1: Yeah, yeah, Flashman. I, I owe Enda uh, McAvoy, my former Sunday Tribune colleague, a debt of gratitude and in introduced me to Flashman. Flashman is, um, oh, he's just absolutely brilliant. He, Flashman, just a people who haven't heard of the, of this series of books there's 12 of them all together and at the centre of it is Harry Padgett Fleshman uh, he's a soldier who fought um, in all these kind of outposts of British Empire in the uh, late 1900s um, had a Victoria Cross knighthood was on first name terms with uh, Vicky as he calls Queen Victoria <laughs> and and Alfred and um, Albert and Albert uh, it's a hero of all these wars. So he fought in the first Anglo-Afghan War. Um, he he was at the Battle of Little Bighorn. Um, he was at the Charge of the Light Brigade, and he's kind of a a, a witness, a kind of witness yeah. to history. These books are um, researched to the nth degree. There's end notes at the back, and you just realize George MacDonald Fraser spent years researching them. But the twist is he's he's a hero, a war hero. All these battles. And in his 90s, he sits down and writes his memoirs and he reveals it was all lies. He was a liar, a coward and a cad. And typically during a battle, he'll be hiding under a table, shaking. I I was
0: reading one uh, reviewer who went back to to read the books about uh, Flashman. And he says, uh, after his expulsion from rugby school, he was a snob, a racist, adulterer, idler, cynic, liar, coward, chief. Cheat, thief, bully, and amoral Philistine, yet as he shags and staggers, betrays
1: and blunders, lies and loots his way around the world, you cheer him on his merry way. Yeah, and that is the and that's the influence that Flashman had on me writing Russell Kyle Kelly, because I'm thinking, how can you make this antihero likable? How can you how can he do all of these appalling things? And like you said, he's got a very Flashman has a very, shall we say, nineteenth-century British attitude towards gender and race, uh, and the books are are, are very politically incorrect. Um, and he's just an appalling character and the only thing he actually has going for him is his honesty that he's being honest about <laughs> you know I was hiding behind a curtain when this battle happened <laughs> and he steps out and gets a medal pinned on his chest um, and, and, and they're the parallels we see writ large with Ross with Ross yeah and it was it was. how can you make how can you make people cheer for him there's a great scene in one of the Flashman books there's 12 of them and then there's a book short stories and I'm on my third time around I'm reading them all over again <laughs> and there's a scene where he he's he falls in love and he said oh Flashy's gone and fallen in love and with this woman it, the, him and this woman they're in a river and they're they're about to go over a waterfall and it's the great dramatic moment page turning moment and he grabs onto some reeds and the woman grabs onto his legs and he realises that the reeds aren't whole, strong, strong enough for the two of, <laughs> two of them and it's just this amazing moment where he just kicks her loose you know and over she over, she goes over the, the edge of the waterfall Um but, but yet again, every single page you're saying, I hope he gets out of this.
0: Now, your third book is one, uh, and I remember it well, my late Uncle Frank handed me a copy of this, a well mm. dog-eared copy of this as a child, a paperback in one of those Penguin editions. Mm. And this is Guys and Dolls by yeah. Dan Runyon.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, I could have picked any Damon Runyon collection. This is just one I happen to have on Broadway Is another great collection. And I think stories have kind of gone between different editions, different Penguin editions. I love this one. Um, This is my feel-good book. If I feel a bit down, I'll read this or something by P.G. Woodhouse. I just happened to pick this. Um, Now, this is long before Goodfellas and Mafia
0: movies. Yeah. But it is a milieu I don't know how real it was
1: when Damon Runyon created, but it's great. It's it's the underworld. It's a it's a fictionalized account of Broadway between the wars. That era era of prohibition when America was going through the depression and then coming out of the depression. And what I love about Damon Runyon is uh, he he did he did something which I did. I mean, I've if I'd never read Damon Runyon, I never would have written Ross or Carl Kelly books. But he was a sports journalist who Observed all of these characters hanging around at the the periphery of sports, like gyms, racetracks, ball games, and kind of thought they're more interesting than what's actually happening on the pitch here. And he started to sort of parlay them into, into his fiction. And that's what I started doing with Ross. But it wasn't until I read this book, Guys and Dolls, that I I kind of saw what I could. Do with Ross in terms of creating a world his world was Broadway mine was that Broadway between Donnybrook Church and Fox Rock Church and he writes in the present tense yeah which I did as well when I started writing Ross and that's why I that's why I did that you know um, he writes in the present tense he uses rhyming slang as well um, and he has all these great characters like Harry the Horse and Sky Masterson and Madame Le Gimp and brilliant characters. All of his stories, which is, this is interesting, They that the first thing you learn in journalism school is, first paragraph, who, what, why, when. And all of his stories start with who, yeah. what. There's, there's no oblique openings. Everything opens with this is the story. And then they all have a middle and an ending. And and uh, unlikely characters uh, like the girl in the Salvation Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who he saves in the or who yeah. saves him in the musical? They kind of yeah. save each other. And um, the musical is different in that uh, the musical is a, is a love story, and and um, the books the books are very kind of male. Uh, you know, they're, 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 it's a kind of macho world. Like yeah. you said, there's gangsters. He meets these gangsters, though, in Mindy's, which is this kind of place where he goes to eat apple pie on um, on Broadway, just beyond time, Times Square. Um, but... They're not like Raymond Chandler books. Like, there's no. You understand that these characters are dark characters, but there, it isn't a noir world. Like no gangster ever. You never see them do anything. You're just aware he's eating apple pie with somebody who's done bad things. Yeah. Um, and and a, a gun is a Roscoe. Um, yeah. Money is scratch or potatoes. Yeah, yeah. A pineapple is a hand grenade. Yeah. You know? so, and women are dolls. Yeah, women Judy's are dolls. Or, you know? and, and that's the interesting difference between the, the the musical and and, and the books, um, the, the the musical I love the musical, it's, but it's very romantic, you know. And yeah. the books aren't romantic. And anybody who's involved with a doll in in the book, yeah. in the books, they, they're considered, you know, they're in possession. They're something else possess their minds. <laughs> like you know, there's there's no good reason. It's like they're they're to be pitied. Really, are all of the books that you've recommended readily available still? Um, they, they are yeah I mean I, I, I know that um, you'll definitely get um, Guys and Dolls and all of the Flashman books in Hodges figures because I, 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 yeah. I happened to be there yesterday Trainspotting, you'll get absolutely anywhere like anywhere. it's still I think Trainspotting has sold something like a million copies in the UK alone um, it's, a, it's a phenomenal success story as is Russell Carroll Kelly and the <laughs> current book
0: Camino Royale look um, Paul thank you very much for joining us Thanks on the programme today gosh. really enjoyed it